if you, like many of our clients that come into our programs, are thinking, I've lost myself, I don't know what I want, I just go from one to-do list item to another, from work to home to dinner to cooking to parenting to, you know, watching Netflix and repeating it all again the next day, I feel flat and lost. The very fact that you're recognizing that is the beginning of finding yourself back to who you are now and who you want to become. Welcome to Heal Your Relationships. This podcast is all about healing your marriage and your other close relationships without waiting for the people around you to change. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Happy, happy Thursday. We are back to talk and chat and catch up and share ideas and hopefully inspire ways for you to feel your authentic self and live your best life. That's really what I want for you is at the end of actually what I want for myself too, honestly, is to be able to get to my deathbed and know in my heart that I lived as honestly, as vulnerably, and as courageously as I possibly could, no matter what circumstances were given to me. We're going to be imperfect along the way. We're going to stumble. We're going to get up. We're going to learn, right? And those learnings, that's actually what helps us become our best self. So that's a great segue, honestly, into what we're going to be talking about today, which is the idea of how do we know what is our true self? This is one of the questions that comes up a lot inside of our programs. When clients join our programs, they often will say that I've sort of lost myself. I've lost, you know, the joy that I used to have, the playfulness and the trust in the world and the creativity and uh, the hope for the future that I used to have when I was younger. I don't know where I lost it along the way. Somehow, I woke up one day, many years later, and I'm in a fancier house with a fancier job and a nice car. And, you know, I've supposedly arrived. However, I feel kind of numb or blah, flat. My mind says, is this all there is? Is this what I was working for? I don't know why I thought that the peak would feel different or better because it doesn't. And that's confusing because when I had less money and I was unsure about my future, I seem to have also felt more alive. How is it now that I have gotten to the point that, you know, I would have given an arm and a leg for 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and yet I feel quite empty, maybe even some regret. And a sort of a mirror question of that is, how do I find my true self? Who am I really? What do I really want? What do I desire? What are my needs? What makes me happy? What is my purpose? What are my strengths? In what ways am I unique? How do I contribute the most? Why was I put on this earth? All of these sort of questions 
are a mirror to I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. And the other side being I need to find out who I am and what my desires and purpose and, and life's contribution is going to be. And to me, the way I think about this is that you are just like everybody else on the planet, constantly changing and evolving. There is no quote unquote real you that is static. There is no real you that is external that you can point to and say, there it is. I need to go become that. The real you is the things that make you come alive. That is the shortest, most direct way to find out who you are and what you are meant to contribute and what your life's purpose is, what your unique, you know, how do you shine? How do you best benefit yourself and the people around you in your community? The most direct way is to find out what makes you come alive. Notice that when I say people in our programs often say, I, I've lost myself, the words that they use is, I feel dead, I feel empty, I feel blah, I feel flatlined. These are the opposite of alive. Yet, these are people who have the means to go get a massage, which they do sometimes. They get a facial sometimes. They may have fancy, you know, products um, or fancy, you know, coffee machines and hairstyling products and fancy cars and they may take nice vacations. They may shop at fancy brand stores. It's not that they don't have the capacity to enjoy finer things. They already do. However, that's not what I mean when I say something that makes you come alive. Things like taking a bubble bath, going to a yoga class, getting a massage, going on a nice vacation. These things are at best icing on the cake. At the best, very best situation, they can be icing on a cake. But if the cake has gone bad, there is no amount of icing that's going to make that edible or livable. Okay? So if you are using these things to distract yourself from the fact that your life feels off course, it's not going to work. Yeah, for a few minutes while you're getting a massage, you might forget. But as soon as you come out and get back in the car, all the feelings come rushing back. You still have to go back to the same relationships or the same workplace or the same inner mind chatter, right? This is why self-care is so often misunderstood. Self-care is not just about pleasure. It is about coming alive from within you. That might look like running a marathon, right? That is not, you know, a pleasant experience per se, right? You're sweating, your muscles are aching, you have to practice and practice. Often, whether it's raining or snowing, you may even fracture your bones if you happen to fall or if you're pounding your foot on the ground. You may have to wake up early at four o'clock in the morning to be able to get into training or a workout. It's not easy 
However, if it feels like it is drawing upon your unique values and your unique desires, then it will make you come alive. For someone else, the same marathon training may do nothing for them. They may also wake up at four o'clock in the morning and work hard and just pant and heave and sweat. And yet they are not in the moment. Their body has not come alive. They don't feel like they're in their element. They're just in their heads, ruminating on something with a lot of mind chatter and just doing it because they think they should for some reason. Maybe a friend is doing a marathon. Maybe there's a fundraiser for which they're running or maybe they're trying to get in shape. For some other external reason, they think they should, so they're doing it. From the outside, it looks like the same amount of effort and success or lack of success and struggles and hard work. But one person has come alive and another person can barely remember the moments where she was training because she was in her head. So how do you find out then what brings you alive? Because therein lies the the secret juice of why you're here on this earth. How do you find that? You know when you've lost it because you feel blah and empty and nothing really affects you one way or the other. You just feel exhausted by all the bad news in the world and sort of we see so much of it that sometimes we become even desensitized. And happy news, yeah, is fine, but it sort of rolls off your back and you're sort of in your head a lot. You're really not. You might be cooking. You might be talking to a friend. You might be at a dinner, at a work event with your spouse or watching your kids, spending time with them. But it feels like you're sort of in a bubble, a little bit in a fog, far away, feel removed. So you know when you're not alive emotionally and spiritually, but how do you find your way back? The way to find your way back is to find out what your values are. And I talked about this in another episode, I think two episodes ago, we talked about the five questions. So if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to that. That will really sort of open your mind up in terms of what questions will get you creating an intentional year in 2024. But it will also give you an idea of what your own unique values are and what sort of things do you desire purely for the sake of of how it feels to you. Not because you should, not because it's a good thing, not because it improves you in some way, purely because it feels good to do. If you follow those impulses, you will eventually find your way to your own unique contribution to this planet and to yourself. I'll give a brief example. Steve Jobs, almost a a cliche at this point. We hear so much about him. But one of the things that I've really taken away from his life is that his inflection point, right, came when he formed Apple. But if you look behind that, right, if you look to his early life before he had major success, before he even, you know, formed the company, how did he get to that point? And the interesting thing that 
you learn if you study his earlier life is that he was sort of almost ruthless in following the things that interested him, excited him, made him curious, and made him come alive. Whether, you know, it was rock collecting or calligraphy, random, seemingly unrelated things that made him come alive, all of those unrelated desires he put together in forming Apple. That's why Apple was such a sort of disruptive, innovative product when it first came on the market. And it couldn't have been created had Steve Jobs not been willing to follow random, disconnected passions and then follow it along enough, far along enough that he could then see the patterns between them. And that's how his contribution was realized. It's the same for every one of us. For you, for me, I can speak about myself. I went to medical school in India, mainly because I liked, I was good at science. I liked science and I did really well at my high school exams in India, we go directly from high school to med school. There's no college in between. So I did really well in those exams and got a scholarship to medical school. And my dad was a physician and wanted me to go to medical school. So as you can tell, they're all external reasons. I don't really know what medical school is even about. I didn't know if I really wanted to be a physician. I just was responding to the accolades and claps and, you know, pats on the back, really from other people around me. Anyway, fast forward, I finished med school, decided to go into psychiatry, which my dad did not <laughs> appreciate. And he really wanted me to become an ophthalmologist, just like he was and take over. Um, so if he had created a mini empire by then and really wanted me to take over and was very upset when I went into psychiatry. But that was my first sort of deviation from the script that was laid out for me and a staunch listening to my heart. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I had no idea what it would take and whether there was any way that I could be successful. I did not have even the next step mapped out. But I knew that that was my truth, and so I had to follow it. There are many instances in my life when I haven't had that kind of clarity or courage, but there have been a couple of moments where I have, and those couple of moments have created everything that is good in my life today. I didn't know when I took those decisions. I didn't know how they would ever be related. I didn't know that they could be related. It just felt like I was following, you know, different desires in different areas of my life. I didn't know what my next step was. I had no idea how I would accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. I didn't even know if it was possible. But I just put one foot in front of the other, stumbling, pausing sometimes, repeating steps sometimes, but doggedly pursuing that dream and desire. And lo and behold, a decade later, the different desires all converged into one way of living including what I do for work now. I didn't even know what I do for work now was an option. I didn't know that was a thing. 
back when I was finishing medical school, there was not even an iPhone. I didn't even have an email address yet. Okay. But now I do relationship coaching and communication coaching and boundaries coaching, mostly online. So you notice that you don't need to know ahead of time exactly how it'll pan out. You just need to know. I knew that I loved to learn. I could lose sense of time. Even today, if I go to Barnes and Noble and pick up a book on neuroscience, I can sit there for six hours and forget that time has passed. I can forget that I haven't had a meal. That was me even back then. So I knew all I knew was this thing made me come alive, made me lose sense of time. It made me excited and present to life. That's all you need to know. So I want to end this by saying, if you, like many of our clients that come into our programs, are thinking, I've lost myself, I don't know what I want, I just go from one to-do list item to another, from work to home to dinner to cooking to parenting to you know, watching Netflix and repeating it all again the next day, I feel flat and lost. The very fact that you're recognizing that is the beginning of finding yourself back to who you are now and who you want to become. Just that awareness is good because it means that you're waking up. Once you have woken up, it's very hard to go back to sleep again, right? Once you've woken up, you now know that something is off and it's hard to pretend that you never had that awakening. So once you have had that awakening and you realize that, that's great. Now your goal is to find your values and your desires and follow them in little, little steps. It could be even as small as, ah, it just feels good on my skin to feel the sun's rays in the morning. It might be as small as that. It may be as small as listening to music and reminiscing about my days in college. Feels good. Great. Start there. Notice that they don't, they're not useful. They're not None of these actions are going to give you a ROI, right? You're not going to make money from them. You're not going to become famous. You're not going to pay off your debt. You're not going to earn another degree. Nothing useful is going to come from these actions. It purely feels really, really good in a deep from the inside kind of way. Follow those desires and keep putting one foot in front of the other while you're also making sure that you're acting from your values. If you just start there, your next decade will be glorious and will give you the main things that you most long for will be yours, I promise you. So with that, I love you guys. Thank you for spending this time with me as always. And know I'm, I am on your side. I'm I'm here for you. If you have any questions or anything at all, please feel free to write to us at admin at drkavitasan.com and my team will forward your emails and I will personally reply to them. You can also drop it in the review 
if, would love to get your thoughts on how this episode was for you. If it helped you, drop it in the reviews and I'd love to see you there as well. Have a great rest of the day and I'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like access to our marriage repair toolkit, you can go to www.healyourrelationships, all one word, healyourrelationships.com and look for free training. I'll see you there.